to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 101, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we go over a Kickstarter corner, and finally draft our top games from 2017. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. How well, you doing over there? I don't know. It feels a little anticlimactic. I mean, it's now it's just 101. It's like, yeah, yeah whatever. Know. Oh, so that's why he looks down. I thought he was down because the, the baseball talks failed and he was like all depressed. <sighs> okay, I'm going to give my... <laughs> Oh my 30-second thing. This is uh, Richie's okay. got his I'm editing. I'm going to take a little nap. Yeah, no, <laughs> Richie's got his editing figure on. This is my problem, okay? Okay. They're going to get a deal done, right? Eventually, right? Okay. So why, why waste, why do this? Why hurt your sport? Why not just, as far as I'm concerned, two of these or who are these people just sit in an office and you don't leave until it's done, period. You're making millions of dollars. This is not a steel factory worker who's asking for an extra $2 no. for a wage. It's somebody asking for an extra $30,000 for a wage, but just sit in an office. Hey, Punch Bunch, believe it or not, his 30-second explanation is about two minutes. So I'm going to end it at 30 seconds, uh, really about 27 seconds. You're welcome. Back to the show. It's really I good, have definitely cut all of this part so. out. <laughs> just so you know. This will just be so you know. Very, oh, boy. This will be at okay. the very end of the podcast. <laughs> so right point. now, they're going to That's probably nah, good. They'll, they'll probably hear something. They'll so, hear right. part of this. Yeah, yeah maybe. Right. A little part. Well, let's talk about ooh, some games, yeah, all right? Some all right. actual games we'll being get, played, not people just poo pooing and moaning and pissing. Let's talk about playing games. What are you even playing, Clef? Uh, well, I got a play in of the Maracaibo expansion, the ooh. Uprising. Yeah, I want to hear about this. Uh, so, you know, it was I, I didn't, I wasn't going to get it, and I wasn't going to get it because I was like, you know what. Uh, Maracaibo is kind of, I wouldn't say it's dropped in, in my enjoyment of it. It's dropped on your, on your playing it. You yeah. Know? So, and I just, and I wasn't super excited about it, but of course my whatever, I'm just going to buy it. I, it was like $35 at miniature market. That's, that's a drop in the bucket compared to, yeah. uh, uh, we'll come to that later. All right. Okay? Fine. We'll, we'll okay. talk about that later. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I, I went for it. Uh, so first thing I'll say is they have new player boards that are like that the new kind of like um like uh, praga yeah like praga okay praga right. Consent, right. Right. Yep. 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 where it's kind of double-sided and then you put it together and, and that you fold it over so that it doesn't so. cost more to have a, a worker actually yes. glue them yeah. on top which is a great thing for all design or it's all great. publishers now to do should should work very good but um however i will say the holes that they use for the like where the little discs go those holes are still so giant, it really doesn't, like if your board bumped, it's still going to knock those over. It's not like they're going to be there. Um, I've never had an issue with that, but they're nice. There's now new spots that you can flip things over and do different things um, that you put on the board. So uh, they're nice, okay? The actual expansion has multiple modules. Some are for the normal campaign. You know, you can continue the campaign that's competitive. There's a new uh, competitive that's just, you know, with no story. And then there's more solo. There's a new deck of cards for the solo game. And then there's also a cooperative version that you can play where you're actually kind of uh, resistance, you know, fighting against the, the countries or whatever. So there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. I simply play just the straight up uh, competitive with no additional story. I just played it just, you know, to, to try it out. And I guess what I'll say this, what included in that was there was new player powers. So you got these player powers. There was um, a new ability to fight against the countries as opposed to with them. You could still fight with them or against them. And then it added some uh, some more legacy tiles so that you could put out on the board. So what it actually brought to the game for me was very little. I did not feel like it changed the game hardly at all. Um, my player power that I had, 
I used a grand total of zero times in the game. Hmm. It was like minus used two minus off of a combat with the with the blue country, the France, I think that's supposed to be. And then you make four dollars or something. And I didn't even use it one time. It was, I heard that from somebody so, else that they didn't use uh, their play. I think it was Joe yeah. uh, Farrell was yep. saying how he just it wasn't all that good. Um, the person I was playing against, Brian, he had one that got to use two explorers. And so he could move them both together, uh, split the powers up. Which he used quite a bit. Yeah, you know what I mean? that's, yeah that's nice. And, and Not really was. balanced there. It, it was, but uh, it didn't still seem like it didn't. I mean, like it was good for him, but he had to concentrate so much on it. Gotcha. It didn't really, you know, I was just able to do other stuff and just kind of play the game. Um, you know, I used the part where you got to fight against the country, which allowed you to move these cubes off of the board, which you still, you know, another way, I guess, to move cubes off the board where normally you had to just bump them off. This is a way you could move them off. So maybe they weren't, as powerful at the end of the game. And then you got a little bit of bonuses, but overall, I mean, I just felt like I was playing regular old Mario Kaibo with nothing, you mm. know, nothing different. And especially when the player power wasn't anything different. Now this is a first play. I don't want to put too much into that and say, if you like Mario Kaibo, it's not worth it. Um, I have heard that the competitive mode, or excuse me, the cooperative mode and uh, you know, the new solo thing are excellent. So maybe those are, more what this expansion is for, if that's something you're interested in. But I think if you're thinking it's going to change the the whole, uh, the main game for competitive wise, I don't think it's probably going to change a lot. Uh, I'm not saying pass on it, but I'm not saying it's a must. Like I would say like great Western trails expansion is a, is a must in my opinion. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you. I think for I'm going to save my $35. Okay. I, I I'm not going to argue with you. I've, I've heard, I've heard, like I said, good things about the solo, but I, I like the solo in Maracaibo. Like mm-hmm. it's a really good solo system. Agreed. I just don't get it out ever. So it's a lot of setup for a lot of setup for a solo right. game. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Well, if you ever want the uh, extra solo deck, you can always just uh, ask me for it, and I'll give it to you. Nah. There you go. Good. <laughs> all, right. all right. So anyway, so that's uh, Maracaibo, uh, the uprising, the expansion, the expansion for Maracaibo. All right. All right. What about you, Richie? What have you gotten to play here lately? Well, first, I'm going to talk about a, a, a game that we've already talked about. Oh, I got I have questions for Chad. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> oh, no. This past this weekend, never we, we played a six player game of Dune. Oh, and I believe this is your second time playing Chad. God, I miss getting to play it. Uh, right. I know we gotta get you in. Okay. Yeah, I think, we do. I think you would I mean, no matter what. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. You would have fun. Yeah. All right. Oh, I can't wait to hear these questions for Chad. I know. I, I'm Chad, not excited. Chad did about really, this. really well, and you're wondering no. how he did so. Oh. No, no, he did oh, terrible. No, <laughs> he did absolutely terrible. Here's the thing. From turn one. Uh, yeah. From turn. <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. The I played the Emperor right, and and it says on you know my strategy guide on the back of the player screen like at least you won't have a problem with money. I had a problem with money from turn <laughs> two. He had to get Chome Charity, which would be <laughs> like which as is, the emperor. As the emperor, that's which never is good. And I did it like three or four turns. That's not good. So it's like it's, like, the, it's like, the, like the president of the United yeah, States having to go going to the, for, going for yeah. handouts Salvation on the, the yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's not good. It's real not good. But in my defense, in my defense, I picked on Jake, who was the most experienced player at the table. And no, he wasn't actually Richie. You were, but, uh, Jake, when I picked on him had my exact trader, the very first battle had my exact trader. When somebody has your exact trader, uh, when you battle, it means that the, the leader that you picked, they have that card. And all of a sudden, no matter what, you just lose the battle. automatically lose automatically. And I stacked up a whole bunch of people. Cause I was like, no matter what I'm, I need to dump cause the emperor doesn't start with anybody on the planet. So I need to use that as my access to the planet. So I dumped a bunch of per- persons or troops mm. in one city and just and, and, and this is where the all. questions come in here. So <laughs> before we started, because we had two new players, we had uh, Brockman and Jeff were in our game. Okay. And so I, I said, you know, the first time we played this, we had uh, just a ton of people, de- a ton of dead people in the tanks because mm-hmm. we were just doing these gigantic battles. Mm-hmm. It's like, so don't do that. Get your people on the planet and then move them around. You don't you don't want to get involved in these gigantic battles, especially early because he has 20 forces. For the entire game. Entire game, okay. He slapped down half of them <laughs> in one battle on turn one and did, I I, I, I begged him. I wasn't even involved. <laughs> I had nothing to do with it. I didn't care whether he got hurt or Jake got hurt, but I begged him to just move some of them. Okay, okay. In my defense, Richie, 
Do you remember when we tell you not to take a loan? I know. I, okay. I understand. <laughs> okay, so there's that first. And second of all... <laughs> but you second, were involved in that first game, and you saw how many dead bodies ended up I did, in that tank. I did, but also my strategy guide said, you need to get into the cities as much as possible, often. I, I mean, like... For him okay. to have my trader was a really low per- on the first turn of the game was a really low percentage chance, wouldn't well, you say? Seems pretty high to me. I right guess now. so. <laughs> well, now yeah, the the thing though in this game because the treachery cards are so powerful that, and I guess we don't have that many to begin with within the game. So right. I'll give you that maybe. Yeah, but things could go wrong easily. <laughs> and you got ten people. You got half your half your army, and it's not easy to get them back. It's going to take you at least four turns to get them all back uh-huh. and you have to pay for it, which honestly should not be an issue for the emperor, <laughs> but it was. <laughs> so he was actually bitter about it later in the game. Like he had to b- revive some of his troops and he's like, I got to sift through all these red <laughs> emperor troops and find my, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It no, was, uh, it, it, was know, it was a fun game. Here's the thing that game for me, even if you lose, you know what you're getting into, hopefully, when you start. Like, everybody tells you if you haven't played it before. It always produces a story, I feel like. And that's, to me, that's part of gaming. And oh, that's yeah. what's fun. And then ours ended this time with... So, we oh, got yeah. to a point where Chad forced the the Nexus, which allows us to make alliances. And uh, myself and uh, Corey, we had... we I think we both had two strongholds, which, if you're an alliance, you need four strongholds to win the game. Okay. So we we just we didn't even discuss with anybody else. We just handed our cards to each other, and we were just planning on winning the the very next turn. Oh, we win together. Yes, yep. okay. we would win okay. together. Jake though was the the Benny Jesuits, yep. where like the witches. So they at the very beginning of the game they get to make a prediction on who's going to win and what round they're going to win. And he had me winning in the seventh round, which is when I won. Oh wow! And yeah. he, I mean, he played it perfectly. He locked down he so that great. the other people could not get in and fight us, so that he could throw the battles. Such a great wow. game, and just like Chazza produces so many stories. He just oh, he so he's only played that game twice. Let's be clear. Okay. And he he actually just did his top ten on our Slack, or no, his top fifty, I think, or maybe even hundred. But it's his number two now. I mean, it is. Wow. Yeah, he he loves it. And I mean, he locked he, down the wooden board. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, that. he did. Somebody sold their wooden wow. board on it, and it is like if you know you're going to play that game, it's pretty oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, it is pretty, cool. pretty awesome. But you don't. Yeah. Oh, so I, I'm just saying, like this game, it's it's produces such a great story. I mean, Richie even looked at the book a couple of times. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got the audio book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there wow. you go. Wow. That's good. And just, I got. I also got to. Chad got really screwed in that game. He did. Times. So he later on, trader. Later on, I also when because uh, at the very beginning of the game they give you four trader cards. So it's all of the leaders that are in the game, and if you have you if you get to see your own, that's just you just know that they're safe. Uh-huh. You know that they're not traders. You don't have to keep them, but you get to keep one. Uh, so I kept his, and it was his top guy. Got it. And just throughout the game, I kept trying to goad him into playing him, and he just wasn't playing him, wasn't playing him. But at the very end, we were in a big battle. And he brought him out, and it was oh, I was like, oh, that's satisfying. Yeah, that's, my, that's my guy. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? No, Chad had a bad run, but uh, no, but, but it again, fun. it was still fun. I, I mean, that's the thing about that game is you always have a good story. It was still fun. Uh, do you break. need to play it at six? You can play it. I would say five or six. Yeah, five or six. you don't want to pay a l- less than that. I don't think. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna have yeah, to, we gotta uh, get you in. We're, we'll have we'll to, yeah. figure out a date. Figure, well, we know Jake's in for sure. Yep, Corey. Yeah. Okay. All right. Awesome. There you go. So, Chad, what have what have you been playing? Well. <laughs> I, I guess i'm gonna have to sit here in silence now. uh well let's talk about so this is interesting i want to talk about three sisters because i borrowed this one from you because you kickstarted it this is motor city games and matt riddle and ben pinchback the ridback boys mm-hmm. we call, you know you kickstarted this yeah of I course, sure did. Of course he did. Wow. right i, I know sure right did. uh so it's a roll and write and what's interesting because we should know about this stuff the three sisters uh, and they talk about it a lot in Nebraska. It's uh, pumpkin, beans, and corn. That's the three sisters. And they intertwine because actually you have to start growing your corn so that the beans can climb up it and the the pumpkins produce some sort of nitrogen or whatever. Anyway. Now, real quick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out, okay, because there's probably people living in, you know, the East Coast and in Europe and in, you know, other places of the world. Think Nebraska and probably just think that everybody in Nebraska knows everything about corn and soybeans. I don't know nothing about vegetables <laughs> yep. or corn. Nope. 
I live in a city. I don't ever see the stuff. <laughs> I just want that to be known. So you do to see corn. Well, occasionally, okay. but not anyway. Not not very Where, often. Right? Not yeah, on a normal drive. Enough. I mean, I right. have to be driving somewhere sure. outside of Omaha yeah. to. to it's not on your daily commute. No, fair enough. No, not even close. Okay. So, so anyway, uh, this is a roll and write. Um, basically, you are drafting die to take certain actions, and you are going to cascade actions on your board. Uh, essentially, it is uh, kind of in the mold of their previous game, which is Fleet the Dice Game. Uh, they originally did fleet the card game and and then that built on that. I would say that when Clef gave this in, to me to let me borrow it and was disappointed, I thought, ah, Clef's wrong. I'm going to try this because I like these designers. And I did. I tried it and I played it with a couple of different people. And some of them, Mick in particular from Our Family Plays Games, he had heard the hype and he's like, oh, I want to play this. I want to play this. And he was like, yeah, it's okay. Afterwards, uh, it's not the way that you would think because it has some cascading actions and such, but it is not anywhere near uh, the way that fleet works. It doesn't feel as combo-tastic, I will say. It doesn't compound on itself the way that some of the other uh, great uh, dice games do, the the roll-and-write games do, the Gonshan Clevers and stuff like that. Uh, now, I will say that fleet has a horrible rule book, but... Uh, and this did not. However, I there was one action that felt great. So each round as you're going around, you're going to draft a die and then you have little uh, farm fields or garden fields, I guess you can say. And no matter what, whatever that die level is in your certain farm fields, you're going to take that die level and you will either plant or water a zone based on that die. Uh, and you do that, and then you take the action of that die level uh, based on where it was at on the board. The watering is great, I think. It is nice because when you water, you can kind of make everything grow, and you're making everything in a zone that you've already planted go up, and it feels really good. I really liked that idea. I think it's something that uh, it felt thematic, and it was a great, a great mechanism, and hopefully they can carry that forward. But again... It just didn't feel as combo-tastic as you would want a roll-and-write game to be. What did you think, Clef? Um, for how many players did you play when you played your games? I played with two, three, and I played solo. Okay. My first thought is there, was, there wasn't any tension. There wasn't any point where I'm like, oh, my God, if I need the two so badly. It just never – I mean, I just felt like I could just do anything that I wanted to. There wasn't anything – that was more important than the other. I mean, you had the six zones and they were all pretty much the same thing. It was a little interesting. You had all the uh, different um, tools, you know, you had like a wheelbarrow and you had a hoe and you had a, you know, different things that you could get to then make those other actions better. Right. That was in the shed. But that gives you special shed, powers. Yeah. But I just didn't find anything that I was like, Oh man, if I do this is going to be really cool. And I really need a five, you know, I just, okay, there's a three there. I mean, there were ways to move the die and I don't ever remember having to barely ever having to move a die. It was just like, all right, yep. That one will work. I'll do my thing. Right. Yeah. You could, you could, uh, cross off one of those actions where you could, uh, adjust a pip or something, you know? So, I mean, uh, I just played it two player with my wife and we both, when we got done, we were just a little underwhelmed, I would say, you yeah. know I mean? Obviously we're rolling rights. Aren't exactly my my jam. Right. But I mean, Ganjan Clever is a top notch, great roll and write game that right. gives you a lot I of used to play that a lot. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did. I'm not, I no mean, lies about he, it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. We game. talked about his acting so. prowess. He actually uh, does a great impression of that app where it does the, <laughs> you know, he's re he's on point with that. <laughs> I so. remember one time he was coming Thanks, over. Mama. <laughs> <laughs> he was coming over. Knox was like taking a nap oh, or yeah, something. I <laughs> and I was waiting outside just to let him in. So he didn't have to ring the doorbell. And he pulls up in his car and he had his, his phone hooked up to his car and he's playing it. You must have had your volume at a hundred. <laughs> like outside of it, you just hear the, the sound effects from the app going off. <laughs> yeah. So I just, you know, just there was not the tightness that led to those fantastic combo type of feels is like you're saying. Yeah. Right. Underwhelmed. I mean, not a bad game, just not, don't think it's great. So uh, what I have heard anyway uh, around this is that they are putting out a new 
uh, roll and write game called Motor City, actually, and that that has more of that because I do think they're moving in the right direction with drafting a die and taking it away because at least there's some interaction. It's not like Welcome to where everybody can use the same cards, right. which which I like. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll expound upon that. But for now, I would much rather play Fleet the Dice game if I have the rules correct. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Well, hey, I'll throw in one more real quick if I can. Great. Yes, please do. I'm good. So yeah. I don't care what you say, Chad. <laughs> uh, I played a little party game that, I mean, honestly, is a just a little fun cooperative. I don't even know if I'd call it a game. I'd call it more of like kind of a little fun activity. But, and you had talked about this a few podcasts back. And I remember when you talked about it, I didn't quite understand exactly what you're saying. But this is called So Clover. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... The and I know Chad kind of described. It, I'm going to give a two second thing. You basically you get these four sided cards that have words on each side, and you're going to throw four of those cards onto a little clover area, so that two of your words match up on each of the four sides of the clover, and you're going to then kind of like code names in a way. You're going to write a word that you think will get people to guess those two. You know, put those two words in that spot. So. You know, if you had, you know, hot and dress, you might say, you know, Marilyn, you know, to try to people think people of Marilyn Monroe and, you know, obviously famous dress and obviously she was hot, you know, so you, those type of things, you just try to find a word that matches those together. And, but the fun in this game is once you've done that, then you, you, uh, you'll put your clover out there when it's your time, you'll mix up the four cards. You'll throw in an extra one. Well, you can throw in an extra one. You can do a family version where I don't really think you even throw in an extra one, but you put those out there and then everybody else at the table gets to sit there and think, what were your thought processes? Would you think this? Would you do that? And they're trying to put the words together. And sometimes it's helpful because you might be like, oh, well, it might be this word for this clue, but it's definitely this word for this clue. So then you can kind of, you know, kind of, deduct where the the clues go. But like I said, the fun is watching the other people sit there and try to get into your brain about what would you be thinking and how would you do it? And like I said, it's just a fun little thing. I think you're, you get some points if you get it right on the first turn, you get some less points. If you, you know, you can, if they get it wrong, you get to pick up the ones that were wrong and they get to redo it, you know, but like I said, I don't, I never kept score the entire, I've never clueless on that. It was just absolutely just a fun little activity. But if you like, code names or, you know, just kind of little fun things like that. This is going to be something you should get. And it's a great fun time. I honestly will tell you right now, I would play this over code names. Most like, you know, if people are just like, Hey, let's have a good fun time or whatever. This is a great game to play. Uh, friends. I think you should take that seriously. When Clef says that about a party game, that's, that's, that's pretty big. good. Yeah, that's right cooperative party game no yeah all right mm-hmm. there go. all right so we're we're moving on well yeah. i want to talk oh, about one oh, more game oh and then after chad does i'm gonna slip in a little oh, card see, game look at that all, all right, right. Okay. i started a trend all right <laughs> i will talk about a card game too uh i've played it with you clef and richie i know i think you've played it as well this is jekyll and hyde yeah yep. okay so jekyll and hyde is a two-person trick-taking game And basically, it plays over three rounds. You have a counter that starts out as Jekyll. And if he moves, I think it's 10 spaces maybe on this board, uh, about 10 spaces. Over the course of three rounds, he becomes Mr. Hyde, and Mr. Hyde can win. If he doesn't do that, then Dr. Jekyll wins. Uh, Basically, what you want to do is over the course of these three rounds, you're going to get 10 cards each round. The first round, uh, you're going to... You're going to trade uh, one card. The second round, you're going to trade two cards back and forth. And then you'll, and so on. Then you'll begin your round. You have three suits, which have different powers, which are important. And then you also have a potion card, which comes out. Uh, When somebody plays a potion card, they will get the power of the suit that was played during that particular trick. Um, It could uh, make the winner of the trick take another trick from the opponent. It could make the uh, two opponents switch cards. So there are a lot of different things you can do. As uh, Mr. Hyde, basically, you want to have huge swings in uh, tricks because what happens is at the end of the round, the difference in each side taking the trick. So for example, if Richie uh, was Mr. Hyde and he took zero tricks and I am Dr. Jekyll and I took uh, all 10 then basically uh, the counter would move 
all the way 10 spaces. So uh, if we're at five and five, then the counter doesn't move at all. So that is basically what you're trying to do. Uh, you want to have wild swings, which is kind of thematic. Again, as, as uh, Mr. Hyde, you're kind of trying to be crazy and chaotic. And uh, Dr. Hyde, you're trying to keep control and basically keep those two uh, tricks in the middle. And, and it's very it's very interesting and quite fun. I think it's a two-player trick-taking game done very well. It's not always an amazing play, but very often it comes right down to that last uh, turn and you're really pushing back and forth. So I, I think it's a great game. And I, if you're if you love trick-taking games and you play sometimes with two players, I would definitely check out Jekyll and Hyde. It is like in a lot of the uh, online game ordering places, it is like $14. So real cheap and affordable. I'd highly recommend it for that. Yeah, it's a solid because there's a, a few in this group like Fox in the Forest, Claim, and then this one. Those, those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head that are like two-player trick-taking games. And this is, I mean, it's close to my favorite. It's either that that or claim. I, I was not a big fan of Fox in the Forest, but I liked how this the the push and pull of you know someone's trying to get someone to get all the tricks and the other one's trying to keep it balanced. I like that, and I like the potions that you can throw in there that really allow you to kind of mess with the trick. Because like Fox in the Forest, once you have those cards and you get going, it just kind of seems like it plays itself almost. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, it was it was interesting. You know, I mean, obviously the first time you played it, maybe it's a little. You're still trying to figure out kind of mm -hmm. how it goes or whatever. I'd like to play it again a couple of times to see for sure uh, before I kind of, you know, it was good enough that I'd like to try it again, I guess. Sure. I say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's uh, that's a recent play I had called Jekyll and Hyde. Richie, what is a card game that you wanted to talk about? Well, I got in a play of Ghost of Christmas with Clef and uh, Joe Farrell. Ooh, I have this on order. Oh, nice. I only, uh, during our play of Dune, I only figured out that I never oh, yeah, filled out the pledge right. manager. You so <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Well, do you get it filled filled out now? Yeah, it's coming tomorrow. So all right, all right. that and Bear Raid, which I played once at that party. Mm. I want to wait to talk about it again. Man, I'm bad at that game. But anyway, <laughs> tell us about Ghosts of Christmas, please. Well, with Ghost of Christmas is a trick-taking game where the way that it works is that at the very beginning of a round, you're going to bid how many tricks you, you can take in a round. And you're going to take these doors. And there's purple doors, and then you can also take a red door. So let's say I say I'm going to take, I'm going to bid uh, three. So I'm going to take three tricks exactly. So I have the choice of just taking three purple doors, and if I hit that exactly, I get two points per door, essentially. Or I can take those three purple doors, plus I can take a red door, which then that gives me a little flexibility. So I could take four tricks, but I only score a point for each of those doors if I hit that. Um, and then after that, you'll you'll deal out the, the deck of cards. And... So whoever starts will they can play down there are three different positions where you can play the past present and future and when you play down and, and clef hated the dials <laughs> for, <laughs> which i agree that they are fiddly there are they're, these dials so whoever fiddly. leads into a the you know one of the areas they set what the what the suit is to follow for that area so if i played red to present then everyone else has to play red if they can to the present, but you don't have to play them in order. So let's say I played a present, Clef could play the future and he could set the uh, the suit for that trick and we'll go around, we'll all end up playing three cards total. Then you go into the scoring phase. So, and this is where I wish we would have played, I wish we could have played with four because I think that this part might've been more interesting because we never had it where it, it switched what the scoring suit was because the way that it works is that whoever won the previous trick they, the little top hat goes to them and then their who whatever they led will be the scoring trick so let's say clef in uh the in the future had led yellow at the very beginning of the round so that was the trick that everyone had to follow but let's say i didn't have any yellow cards so i played green to that trick because I, I was short suited on yellow so i had to play green and then let's say I had won the previous trick. When it gets to me, now I'm the starting player and green is technically what was led, if that makes sense, because I, I won the previous trick. Mm -hmm. So it, it seems like there's some, some ways that you can kind of get funky with trying to predict on who's going to be winning what trick and playing certain cards. But I don't know. With, with three players, we never really had it where that made a difference. It was always 
whatever the dials were set at to begin with. Right. But, right. but I, I mean, I still enjoyed it. I, I want to play it some more. Like I said, I want to play it at a four. There's also a variant where you can play beyond. So you have four tricks going in a round, which I think would be also more interesting mm -hmm. and might give you the opportunities for those uh, scoring cards to switch essentially. I'm finding out more and more as we play more trick taking games that there is a sweet spot for each one. You know, oh, some definitely. just play yeah. like, okay, like, like bottle imp is one of the rare ones that plays well at three as a stick you mm -hmm. know, but a lot of them play better at four some even at five. Uh, yeah. I think the crew is one of those that is, is better at four and three because five is real hard, but yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, but I mean, it's definitely worth a, uh, worth checking out uh, mm -hmm. if you like trick taking games. And uh, like I said, I, I really, I'm excited to get more plays in. Cool. Nice. I'm glad I ordered that. Thank you. The only issue is, though, if you get the deluxe bits, which I did, yep, that top hat does not fit in that box. <laughs> you got to put <laughs> like the top all. hat on your head, but it's not <laughs> impressive then because it's like an inch high. And yeah. No. Okay. And I will say the wheels were really fiddly, but when I tried to say, let's not use them, then it got too confusing. Yeah. So and then you it got confusing. Them, yeah. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway. All right. Uh, Chad, you were telling me earlier, you got a little Kickstarter you'd like to talk about. I do. Let's go over to Kickstarter Corner. So I am really interested in a Kickstarter called Ahau Rulers of the Yucatan. And that is by Apiron Games. It is it builds itself as a Euro style strategy game with dual engine building and worker placement elements. Uh, and it has to do with the Mayan civilization. Now, according to Rado, the the uh, company really researched, had some consultants for that, uh, was very respectful. So that's that's a bonus point right there. But what's really interesting to me is the mechanisms. So you're going to have a uh, two cards. Well, excuse me. You have six cards uh, to start with. And some of this uh, depends on what kind of player count you're talking about. But you have six cards, one through six. And you are going to play on the left side of your player board uh, one number which will be the region that you want to go to. And the other side of your board, that's going to be the military might that you're going to use. Okay, so you want to put your ruler in a region on the left side of your board, and then you better be able to back it up if that's where you really want to go. And now there are, are certain god tiles in this region and different things that are going to let you produce. Uh, you're going to want to put your worker plate, your workers out around that area. But basically what it is, it's almost like... Carson City, where you're kind of dueling for the, the placement spots of your ruler. But again, you will have workers too. And those will be strategic because if you can surround an area, then you can take the god and get, the, get its power. You'll be able to use certain resource production areas to do certain things. It's, it's very interesting to me. I, I watched some, uh, some video through Rado and through Slicker Drips. So you can look at both of those and kind of decide if it's for you. But it is... Like I said, it's 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 an interesting melange of mechanisms, and right now uh, you can pledge to get basically the the basic pledge for sixty five dollars plus whatever shipping is. Um, and then you can add on the expansion, I guess, uh, for eighty dollars complete for the two things. It looks like uh, the estimated delivery is on January twenty twenty three, and. I haven't heard a lot about this uh, particular company, but uh, they have a lot of a lot of uh, buzz in their favor. I think even Heavy Cardboard is planning on doing something with it. So I will say that after this drops, I think you have about eight days to look at that Kickstarter. I would suggest checking it out. It's a like I said, it's a really interesting kind of combination of some resource management, but also that I play this card to do this, but I also want to play this card to get this bonus and. Uh, and some area majority type things or area control type things. So, yeah, I definitely, I would definitely recommend checking out a how rulers of the Yucatan. I don't know. Should I do it? Did you bag it? I was oh. also looking at the Kickstarter. It's uh, looks interesting. No, I was thinking you would like it. You always talk about it. player interaction, was, and it's there. Yeah, and, and it'll be a surprise in the next couple it, of it, years. I will you tell it. you, it plays solo and up to five, so it's like one to five. I think this is one though that if you were to play, you want to play it at the higher player count so that you're banging heads a lot. You know, um, it's done. All right, there we go. Sold, Clef. Uh, there you go, Punch Punch. Let's check it out. Hey, 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 hey! 
Speaking of Punch Bunch. Let's talk about the Punch Bunch. Oh, Punch Bunch. We love you. And you know who else we really, really like? Constance Vogelman and Brian Hogue. Thank you so much for becoming new patrons to us. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate it. It helps us do things like our com that's coming up. Oh, yeah. And uh, other things like getting this nice recording equipment that we have. So we really appreciate you. And we know not everybody can, like I always say. Uh, thanks for retweeting. Thanks for reviews. Thanks for telling your friends about us. All of it. Uh, we do this. The big, the big motivator to keep doing it week after week, honestly, is the Punch Bunch. So we really appreciate you all. And thank you to our newest members, Brian and Constance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we got PPCon coming up. But before PPCon... We are going to be at Great Plains Game Festival in Lincoln, Nebraska. Ooh, when is that? Uh, it is April 29th through May 1st, so the very last kind of weekend there in April. Um, and we will for sure be there Saturday. Hopefully, we're trying to work out some schedules that we will be there uh, for most of the time, but for sure we'll be there all day Saturday. Punch Bunch, we'd love to have you come out, come and join us, come and see us. We're going to actually even be at a booth where we're going to have some mm -hmm. limited edition pens. Super Woo! limited edition. You will Go. never see this, this exact pen, pen again. again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ever. We like, hope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, and when I'm saying pens, I'm saying like, you know, you pin it to your little enamel. Yeah. yeah. You know, to like your I can, thing, yeah. your hat or whatever. Yeah, type of thing. Um, but we're going to be. We're going to be teaching some games. I think Chad's going to be trying to run some XT, some Xteen XXs. <laughs> some X, so like that is like triple X, <laughs> some triple Xteens. Uh, no, uh, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about maybe some principles of eighteen XX. Feel perhaps. like we've been doing this for like two episodes. One hundred and one. Oh boy. Uh, we can we can talk about that. Well, you know, uh, there are some people that are interested in learning some concepts. Uh, I'd be happy to teach any of that stuff. Yes, I will be available for any and all questions about train games and other games yeah so we're going to be there so we would love to see you if you pre-register you're going to get two free games oh nice yeah so they, they've uh they've got some uh cool titles and some fun stuff there uh they have always have a great library and they also do a nice little swap meet so if you're looking to sell some games or whatever you can bring those too um some great things so yeah so we'll be there and uh so should you all right, hey, let's do some drafting. We haven't drafted in a while. Ooh. Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. You know, there's so many games. I walk into the store and I'm just, I'm like, I, I'm overwhelmed. And then they're just kind of stacks on stacks. It's kind of a mess. I, hey, I'm going to tell you what to do. What? All right. You should go to Hobby Town in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know why? Why? Because they have a great staff there that's going to help you pick out a game. So they'll help me choose a game that's right for me and my family? Absolutely. You go in there, you kind of tell them maybe what you're interested in. All their staff is very well knowledgeable about games and they can pick out different ones. They can make suggestions. And you know what? If they don't have it, you know what they'll do? What? They will order it for you and get it and it doesn't cost you any shipping. That's big in today's world. You got two locations in, in Lincoln, Nebraska that you can go and go get all that great help from their great staff. So we are going to be drafting the best games of 2017 or not. Ooh. <laughs> well, okay. so what did we say? We said decided that because we just did our top 100 games of all time. And quite honestly, a lot of the games from 2017 made our lists. It was a good year. It, it was, was a, a really good, good year. Very good year. I went and checked. I played 80 games from 2017. Ooh, yeah. That's a lot. At least the ones that I just remembered. Right. Um, but so we decided really to just rehash those same games that we already just went over. We're going to say any game that was in our top 100, you, you personally was in your top 100, 
You cannot draft it for this draft. Yep. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. I think it's going to be good. I'm taking it a step further. Oh, Ooh. it's not in either one of your top 100s either. Yeah, I mean, none of my games are right. in your guys' right. top 100s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. I think I can do that too. I think right. I'll, I'll try to stick with that. We'll how about that? All right. Okay. All right, Richie, why don't you tell everybody how we draft here at Punchboard Paradise? So at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft. So we're going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you're going to draft first in the second round. We're going to roll off literally two dice we only have two dice for the three of us <laughs> <laughs> so we'll uh, pass some dice around here okay so richie rolled a three mm, i I'm rolled out. a four i'm gonna try to jinx you with the uh dune luck here and <laughs> oh, boom! Didn't, work. didn't work <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I don't know why i'm worried I, this draft it doesn't matter i mean there's just too many games <laughs> i'd rather chad win this one <laughs> all right chad what's the draft order uh, I'm going to go me, Richie, Clef. Okay. All right. Lead us off. All right. For number one, I am going to pick Kalamala. This mm-hmm. is a Fabio Lopiano game, and I actually think that it is his, is his best still, honestly. Um, he has put out uh, the Ragusa one, I think, and we played Merv and reviewed it. I just think this one is still his best. It is... Uh, not not the best production. You know, it doesn't have the best art necessarily, and it does play better at the higher player counts, but it is still very interesting when you stack those actions on top of each other and get them to trigger. And I think the way that the player interaction works in this game is is my favorite of his game so far. So I'm going to take Kalamala. That is my first pick. I never got a chance to play it. No? No. You got rid of it before I had a shot. Sorry. <laughs> we should remedy that. I, I actually think you would really like it at some point, Richard. I'd be willing to try it. Yeah, I remember enjoying the game. I just uh, just didn't make it enough to, yeah. to stick around. Yeah, It's very specific on player count, I feel like. so. All right, that's my number one. Richie, what do you got? All right, my number one uh, actually got played for the first time. I had this for since, I think, since 2017. Just played it at Wahoo Con for the first time. It's a little trick-taking game by Reiner Knizia. That's Voodoo. Prince, Ooh. which is being reprinted as Marshmallow Test, I believe. Don't you have that? Or is Marshmallow it Marshmallow Test? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't so. think he okay. does. No. He has a different Kinesia yeah, trick has, taking game. The yeah, match oh, sticks, I think. Is stick sticks oh, okay. or something like yeah, okay. that. Yeah, so. Okay. But in Voodoo Prince, the the goal of the game is not to go out last, essentially. So you are you're trying to hang around and take as many tricks as possible, but if you're the last one left in a round, then you get zero points. So you want to be second to last to be left in a round. And I think you played this at Wahoo Con, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's all a little trick-taking game. Uh, well worth, uh, well, now the new theme is Marshmallow Test, which I don't, I don't mean, I don't understand. I don't, either, neither theme matters. Yeah, yeah, it's well, a trick-taking game. No, it's a trick-taking game. But Marshmallow Test, you, you get little marshmallows. All right, I like it. All right, that means I get, uh, I already get the swing here. All right, yes, you excellent. do. Okay. All right, uh, this particular game, uh, I think Richie showed us this one. This is a Michael Kiesling game. And I really like this game and it's in my collection and I, I just enjoy this one and it's Riverboat. Oh yeah. yeah. Did I take one from you, Richie? Oh, let's not talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh. I forgot that you liked it. You even yeah. bought it here uh, recently, right. didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot you liked it. I was surprised. Actually, uh, I remember when we played that and I, I think at the time, because it came out sort of together, I mm. said that I liked that better than Heaven and Ale because it made more sense to me, honestly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I did like that game. Yeah. Now that's not a true statement, but <laughs> what is a true statement is it's a good solid game. Yes. And I, I like the card play. Uh, you when you you'll flip these cards over and then that's where you get to place your people. So you're kind of trying to figure out exactly what the best uh, kind of puzzle kind of thing is. Cause then you're going to plant these crops and you know, it's that the theme is absolutely pointless in this game, but it's just a fun little game of action selection. I, every time I play this, I just think this is a good solid little game. So I, it's one that's going to be in my collection. And for whatever reason, it's been on clearance for a lot of places. And so if you find it on clearance, I think it was a little high price point when it ne- when it came yeah, out. Maybe. It, it definitely did not help that it came out in the same year as Heaven and Nail. Right. right. And it right. kind of has a little bit of the same feel with the, I can't remember what the thing is called in Riverboat. That's like your, your brewer. 
Oh yeah, the 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 harbor master. Yeah, yeah, the harbor master. Kind of yeah. has that same feel with yeah, solid game. Yep. All right. So my number two is actually a game that I just recently played uh, this year. So this is going to be a brand new 2017, but that I just absolutely think is a very cool mechanism and. Somebody thought the same thing, so they uh, they stole it for Ark Nova, and that is <laughs> Civilization: A New Dawn, which has this same card mechanism of you've got a row of cards. When you use one, you have so much power in it, and then once you're done with it, you're going to move it into the first slot and move all the other cards over. And this one it goes a little bit further, where you actually can upgrade cards into like level twos and threes and fours, and I think it goes all the way up to a level five. But it's a very interesting, uh, you know, card mechanic where you're trying to get those cards into the more powerful and upgrade them. And then otherwise you're out on a map and you're going out there and you you can, there's actually some conflict in it where you can go out and, you know, defeat other people. Uh, and then there's certain, there'll be cards that will show like what, like almost like a Twilight Imperium where you have different uh, goals that you can meet. And then if you meet a certain number of those goals, then you can claim victory. And then at the end of the round, you would win. So it almost even could be like you claim victory, but somebody could come and take away something before it gets to the end of the round and you can win. Uh, I, I liked it. My wife loved it enough where she's like, please get this. And we've played it a couple of times, just me and her. Um, I'm not sure what the sweet spot is for player count. Cause I think two is too small, but I played it at five and that was too many. So I'm going to give him, well, I'm going to say probably three or four is what I'm going to guess. But uh, the plays have had it. I really think this is a cool game. And I love the card mechanism. I have been dying to play it ever since I saw that card mechanism. The reason I had stayed away is because, and I can't, uh, I can't quantify it to you now, but I had heard some problems with the base game that the expansion kind of came out and fixed. Did you play it with the expansion? Though? Yes. In fact, I've only ever played it with the expansion okay. because I guess when I got taught it, that's what it was with. Sure. So I don't even know 100% what the base game would have had different in it because I've only ever played kind of the expansion. Well, I'll say right now, I'm itching to play your copy. So it sounds like a good pick. Excellent. All right. Richie, back to you. All right. Uh, my second pick is actually, it's a family weight game that Clef taught me a long time. I think you bought this right when it came out. So, uh, and that's Dice Forge. Oh, wow. Oh, and okay. this is one that I still play quite a bit, actually. And in, uh, in, in this game, you have these dice. And I think like the, I can't remember what the original game was. It was some weird circus game that first did like the dice where you could rattle bones. rattle bones yeah where you can change your dice faces on there yeah. uh but on the in this game you have like this these pool of dice faces and on your turn every nice thing about this game is everyone is involved in every round everyone's rolling their dice every turn and then you get the resources from it and then you're buying these different cards that are out there that will either allow you to mess with other people uh give you more resources or give you ways to ma manipulate and create points and stuff like that uh but yeah i i love the the whole dice crafting mechanism uh this has also gotten a couple expansions that work very well uh, it's also on board game arena uh, that's typically where i play it at now uh, but it's one that when Knox is old enough i'm excited to show him this because i think he will really enjoy that dice crafting portion of it so sure rolling dice and like upgrading them that's yeah. great cool so dice forge for my number two you know and, and it's made me curious I, i've heard varying things so well the verdict's still out i'm curious but uh that dice realms by tom layman which is sort oh, yeah, of the yeah, same yeah. mechanism. We'll mm -hmm. see how that goes. Uh, again, like I love Tom Lehman. I think mm -hmm. he's a super smart designer, but I've heard varying things. So, all right. Well, uh, I get the turn here. So I'm going to take two that I think might not be safe if they come back around. The first one is one that we have gone back and forth on the IP about. And you guys actually know more about now than me. And that is Jeff Engelstein's Expanse, the board game. I brought that. It's actually in my bag tonight. And actually, uh, there was a recent Dice Tower podcast, May They Rest in Peace, uh, that they actually talked about, Jeff talked about that his design was uh, timed. This was the only design where he had only a certain time frame to put this, this out in. And he kind of thought about, well, this is factions in space. I really like Twilight Struggle. I'm going to make it like Twilight Struggle. And it does feel like a up to four player Twilight Struggle. It does feel like that. You either play a card for the action points or you play it for the event that it creates. And if your faction is that event, then you're, you know, you're trying to further it. And it, 
it is great. I have not played it with the expansion, which is something like Doorways and something else, I believe. Um, I, I'm anxious corridors. to. Yes, thank you. Doorways and Corridors. Um, I'm anxious to, but I have not. But uh, it feels kind of like, to me, the way it's played, because you 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 get points when you kind of uh, tally up certain sectors at different parts in the game. It feels like a mashup of Twilight Struggle and Tammany Hall, which, again, like both of those games quite a lot. So I'm going to take... Uh, I'm going to take Expanse, the board game by Jeff Engelstein and WizKids. All right. Nice pick. Yeah, it's one I want to play again. The one, the other one I'm going to take coming around the horn uh, is something that has been copied kind of just recently, and it's another WizKids game. And actually, my family really likes this. It's quick and snappy, except for the scoring, but that's okay. It's Fantasy Realms. Uh, and uh, we just know that Stonemeyer put out Red Rising recently based on this, but I like this because it moves real quick. It's basically like take a card and discard a card and whatever is in your hand at the end of the game, you're going to try to make score and you're just trying to have the most points with all your cards in hand. And some of them have certain synergies. If you take uh, the wrong card, it can have minus synergies with another card. You're just trying to make sure that by the time the game ends, you have the highest scoring hand. And uh, it's, it's a nice fun, easy breezy drafting game that my family really likes. And uh, I enjoy it too. So that's fantasy realms. My number three. Yeah, I like that game. Yeah, it's fun. It's all a game. Uh, my next pick is, uh, I don't know if either one of you have played this. I've played this. My brother-in-law introduced this game to me, and it's Battle for Rokugan. And Clef, I think you would like this because the, the tagline for the game is bluff and misdirect your clan's way to victory in a minis on a map game without the minis. Every word you just said was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I just saw him get real excited just now. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the way that it works, though, is that it's, a, it's an area majority game where everyone at the very beginning of the game, you get a clan, and that clan has some type of special power. And then it's kind of like Samurai. Have you played Samurai? Kenichi's game? Samurai? Mm, I don't know. Okay. I don't think you have. Okay. Um, we well, both need to. It it has that mechanism where you have a pool of units, but you only draft like three of them for a round. Mm -hmm. And then you're doing these uh, secret deployments out on the map. So at, there's a the first part of a round is that everyone is placing these pieces down on the map. And so you may, and you can bluff during that because mm -hmm. depending on where they go is would indicate what that unit is. Uh, but you might just be, you might not have that unit, but you might be placing that there just to kind of throw other people off or maybe try to scare them off, stuff like that. Uh, but you're just trying to hold these regions. And if you hold like a whole section, because there's different colored regions on the on the map, if you hold a whole section, you get a, another special power that you can use and stuff like that. But you are trying to, like I said, area control, secret unit deployment, uh, bluffing. It is a, a fun little game that I, I have not picked up yet, but I've been... I've been trying to hunt down a copy uh, for a decent price, uh, but I like I said, I think you would like it, Clef, because oh. it, it's kind of that. It's got some war game, got some bluffing, got some messing with your yeah. other people, and Sounds no cool. minis. Okay, absolutely no minis. I love it. So that's battle for Rokugan. All right, nice. All right, for my next pick, um, it's, sometimes it's funny how games can fall into our laps, and this is this is a game probably most people have never even heard of, but it has become a favorite of my wife's for sure. And that when we have people over that maybe aren't big gamers, this is a game that we show them and they always really enjoy it. And that is called Deja Vu. Uh, my wife was at Kohl's, like the department shopping center. Mm -hmm. And she just happened to look over. They had a small little game shelf with just random games and she saw it and she thought it looked cute. And so she bought it. <laughs> and that's, you know, just weird how sometimes those games can come. Now this game, basically what it is, is it's a huge deck of cards okay that have pictures on them sometimes they'll have a couple of pictures on or th maybe even three of a pic of a of a item on these cards and then there's a bunch of these uh, there's all these items that are like cardboard items that are out in the middle of the table and what you do and, and some of the items they look similar but what you do is you start flipping these cards over and there's going to be of each item there's going to be two of them on a picture Okay. The moment you see the second card that comes up with that same picture, let's say it's a guitar, right? So you've seen it earlier and then you see the second one. Then the first person to grab the guitar, they put it in front of them, which will be worth a point as long as they're still in it to the end of the round. If you ever grab an item 
and you put it in your item, and then later you've, all of a sudden that card comes up and you can see the item obviously hadn't already been uh, had the second time, you're out for the round. So, and it becomes that, the first round is kind of a little bit tough, but then after you play it like your second or your third time, it's like, did I see that this game or was it last game or the game before? And it starts messing with your head. It's once again, I don't think I've ever kept score in the game. It's one of those just fun activity type of things um, where you're just, it's, it's just an enjoyable, fun kind of activity that, that you play. So, And that's deja vu, huh? It's deja vu. Hmm. Hey, you so, know, uh, I, I'm sorry to interrupt this draft, but uh, we glossed over it. And I think it was by design with Clef here. But speaking of games your wife likes... Uh, there is a big box sitting on that shelf over oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, he said well, we would get to it. He cut well, us off. Let me, right? let me draft he's, my phone. He, he's about to draft it, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, recently, my wife did a top 10 list. Wow. Yeah. You just like. She, you know, I said, hey, you know, you should do your top 10 list. We're mm -hmm. doing our top 100. And. And for some crazy reason, she agreed to do it. Well, she's got and, a lot of time. She's uh, well, sitting around. You know, right yeah, now. She, but, but this might have been. But, well, anyway, so okay. yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, I just started going through all the games that she'd played. And, you know, sometimes I'd have to remind her what that game is. But sure. And she was just, you know, like, oh, yes, I really like that one. Or yes, that one's one. And, you know, she had she had some great games on there, like Heaven and Ale. That's uh, actually her number one. She loves wow, it. Wow. Oh, that's yep. great. Nice. Uh, you know, she had. Some, you know, some things that are like, uh, how do you doodle? Uh, you know, okay. <laughs> um, Did she, Alchemist so, make it? Uh, I believe Alchemist was on okay. there. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, you know, she had a Zool and, you know, she, you know, so some of her, you know, her bread and butter type of games that she really enjoys. And when I went through it, I realized that every game that she kind of had on her list, I owned except for one game that mm. she had on her list. Mm -hmm. Really has no excuse for this next thing. But anyways, I was <laughs> I was at the game shop here in, in good old Omaha, and uh, I had a 20% off and was like looking around for Which, some games. That is dangerous. Up, I will. You know, I know, right? Yeah. Sometimes you're like, well, you want to use it, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. If you're going to use it. Right. Yeah. Let's use let's it. Use exactly. It. <laughs> you know, so I'd picked up uh, So Clover, and I'd picked up a couple of other look, smaller things, and, you know, wasn't anything all that great. So all of a sudden, then, I look over, and I see... The Merlin Big Box Deluxe. And I said, you know what? That's on my wife's top 10 list. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> wow. And I'm like, how much is it? And they're like, $200. <laughs> now you, you 20 have. 20% off, right? I mean, that's $40. To be fair, you so, have owned this before. Well, because we reviewed it. We he owned it, it and yes. sold it. Yeah, man. I played it over it. like 20 times. Okay. I, think I think I just kind of get, you know, I got bored of it. I think did you may have rated it a three and I think you may have lowered it. No. <laughs> no did it say a three? No. I think maybe. <laughs> did you, did you, uh, did you, did you ever break a hundred in that game? Because I remember uh, you I were fussing. So. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't remember. I don't, but, I don't think you did yet. Um, but it, you know, uh, this, this big box deluxe has all the expansions and i only had like a couple of the queenies like i didn't have any yeah. of the other oh. stuff so plus the has, game trays because yeah. that is beautiful I, and i'll tell you this is uh, it? that night it is uh, i got it out i opened it no, up. I, I mean but hey. it's merlin merlin's in the game trays no, but like you have a little like you set a game tray on top <laughs> of another that. game tray and it sits hey. there because it edges in oh, i understand so it that. feels really Listen good here. to do Dan was making fun of me for getting this game. And then that evening when we busted it open and then put all the game trays, we got done. And he was like, okay, that was well worth it. <laughs> Dan no, had he, a, did, he didn't have to spend the money. Right, on he didn't it, spend the money. <laughs> but after you punched it, Dan had yeah. a cigarette, right? So, yeah, <laughs> yes, sure. It was, it was satisfying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was, now, that, that's a pretty, those game trays may be the nicest trays I've really ever nice. put a game into. They're okay. kind of Tricarion level if you don't have was, that. Yeah. And no, the, and but the, it, the it was, is, your, is your wife excited about playing the big box or would she have rather I have, bought the $30 base game? Let me put it this way. I've had it for now a couple weeks and I've said like every night, hey, you want to play Merlin? And I've gotten a, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just kind of sat there, but you know. So anyways, I did purchase this and you know what? It is, it's a good game and it is a very solid Feld game. Um, you know, it's maybe not in my top Feld games, but I still think it's a good game. And with my wife liking it, what the heck? It was worth it. <laughs> I made that 20% worth. I, as I was buying it, um, the 
Lauren, who's who kind of runs the uh, the Maple Street one. You know, uh, Becky's not there very often anymore. But uh, I was like, man, I'm I'm saving forty dollars. Feel like I'm robbing you guys. And she kind of looked at me and she said, that thing's been on my shelf for like a year. I'm robbing you. <laughs> I'm like, touche, Lauren, that's touche. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so yeah. that's my number four. When he told me that, I was, <laughs> he could have said a number of games and I would not have been shocked. I was, I was truly shocked when you said Merlin. That is funny as heck. <laughs> uh, so for my last pick, I'm going to take... <laughs> I'm taking uh, Sentient uh, by Jax oh. Caver in a little card game. Yeah. Uh, that also has like a little area control mm-hmm. in it. But uh, basically, the theme is pointless. But you are taking the, you're drafting these robots out of the middle of the, the board mm-hmm. and putting them. You're trying to program your dice. Everyone has a set of dice and you're trying to program your dice so that they score points at the at the end of the game. And then also where you're when you draft these cards, you're placing these. I can't remember what they're called assistance or something you're placing your workers out there and it's a little area control because there's these investment tiles in between all of the cards and whoever has the majority around them will get those and they just give it's like a multiplier increases your score uh, at the end of the game but it is he is in my opinion one of the best like midweight euro designers his his games just run smoothly play quick like gold west and are, are just solid games so if you have haven't seen this one before. Uh, I think it's still in print. Definitely worth checking out, and that's sentient. Nice. Yeah, very good. Yeah, game. I remember well, playing this with you. a good fun game, yeah. Yeah. My last one is going to be uh, sort of a sentimental pick, but I feel really strongly about it, too. I played it with my family, and we still talk about this game. Um, it is not a deep game, not at all, but it was a very interesting fun game to play together and that is legacy of Dragonhold by nikki valens um i i really like this game let's say you want to or you think your 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 group or your family wants to get into D. this is a super easy way to do it you can use the pre-constructed characters or you can kind of make your own you are basically using your tokens in in the story to do sort of a choose your own adventure and uh, use your skills in that way. And it's really great uh, for so many reasons. We got really involved in the story. You can, unfortunately, you can mess things up and it will uh, reverberate throughout the story or down the road. And we kind of did that. My son was sort of upset for a little while about it, uh, which actually provides talking points as a family. It was great. It really was great. And plus the relationships, uh, this is very uh, LGBTQ plus friendly and it has a lot of those kind of relationships in it too so i i think that's great as well um it's just i would highly recommend it if you feel like dipping your toe into D stuff now this is obviously not up my alley but i actually got this game because i was interested because when i was a kid i used to read a lot of choose your own adventure books and you know so i was like you know i want to try this out and i did i played it for a while i mean after a while i was like okay i'm good but I think the part that I like the most is, is when you would go somewhere, it would be like mark off A7 or whatever. And then later you might be reading a passage and be like, have you marked off A7? Then go, you know, you've met this person. Mm. So go do this. So it felt like a true, like you were kind of going in this adventure as opposed to those choose your own adventure books. It was kind of just leading you down the same story. You know, eventually you got to the same path no matter what, where this Mm. kind of felt like it branched off. And I I enjoyed that. Great point. Yeah, you can't really back up with this. It's like the decision you've taken is the decision you go with, and it does change things down the road. Uh, So it's very interesting that way. My son was like, wait, can we? I was like, no, we really can't do that. So I remember (laughs) as a kid, you know, I would just hold on to the page and go look. Put your thumb in. Is that (laughs) not? I want to go back to the other way. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, it, it, it is really nice because uh, your family, we played a lot of this like while we were cooking or on the couch, you know, you're just reading yeah. it to each other. And it's it, it's a very nice shared experience. I would highly recommend it to anybody that felt like that might be something they'd like. And that's Legacy of Dragonhold. So guys, that's that's a lot of games that aren't in our top 100. I think yeah. we should actually name, each of us maybe name three games that were in our top 100 that we really like still, just so people kind of know what came out this year without looking at it. I'll go first if that's okay. Uh, Gaia Project, uh, Lisboa, and actually, you know, I uh, Colonial Twilight. Those were all in my top 100. So uh, those are great. Those are great games. There's many more, but those yeah. are mine. Uh, Newsfjord, 
Yep. Uh, That's when I thought Chad's the third one. Yeah, Clans of Caledonia. I'm kind of probably stealing that away from Clef here. And and Heaven and Nail. I mean, those are Uh, three great ones. Santa Maria for Richie and I. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Just absolutely great game. Um, Let's see. uh, I think there was one other one that was in. Oh, Anachrony. uh, Anachrony. Yep, Mm. that was another one. Uh, And obviously, the big daddy of them all that would not be on any of our top 100s is good old Gloomhaven. Oh, right. So that's five years old, which Mm. is just crazy. Yeah. So, So yeah, that's that's a, I mean, two. 2017 was a really good year. I don't know if we recognized it when we were in it, but man, that was a good year. Yeah, that's a very, very solid year. Uh, we just talked about it. Speaking of Heaven Ale, uh, a great listener, JT, uh, kind of got a hold of us and, and reminded us. Uh, so we we want to kind of be respectful and and give a little retraction. When we talked about Heaven and Ale, I believe uh, we said it was a Cromer and Kiesling possibly, but it is uh, Kiesling, but also Andreas Schmidt. So not Kramer in that. And we want to give credit to Andreas Schmidt because uh, it's a great game. We love it. it and we yeah. want to make sure that uh, he gets his his just due. Absolutely. The other thing is uh, we did not do very well. I'm, I'm working on it, but we did not do very well uh, pronouncing that uh, what's your game game that we all like that is a great engine builder. And that is Zhang Guo is the way that it's pronounced. And, and Chad and Richie have told me I'm just no longer allowed to even try to say the word. So. <laughs> he'll, he'll say that ZG yeah, game. We'll just stop yeah, we'll stop drafting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna not get Chad is the only one that's allowed to draft. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But JT uh, was really nice and tried yeah. to help us with that. And actually, sure. I think Jamie previously had tried to help us yeah. too. Uh, and so we do we do care about that. But uh, yeah, that is uh, Zhang Guo and uh, we'll we'll work on that. But thank you. Uh, we, yeah. we appreciate everybody yeah. listening and Everybody trying to help us out and be respectful. It's sure. Good. If anybody, I mean, if we make a mistake, we would, you know, we'd love to hear, but we don't want to obviously be uh, making any mispronunciations or, you know, hurting anybody. So yeah, let us know for sure. Uh, I don't want to make too much of a, a deal about this, but I do want to say, cause I, I have some friends who have relatives right now over in the Ukraine. We're, this is a hobby. Uh, and it seems real trivial compared to some of the things that are going on right now in the world. Uh, we just want people to know that, um, you know, in this time, our, our thoughts are with uh, everybody in the Ukraine and uh, people that have relatives and friends over there. It's it's a really tough time right now. We're thinking about you. Um, our thoughts are with you. Uh, please take care of yourselves um, and punch punch. Uh, do the best that you can to take care of yourselves and take care of each other, please. Yeah, Everybody have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. tokens to do different decisions and use their skills that they have in the story and you're just basically doing like a sorry the way you said story yeah i know i was swallowing (laughs) i was actually i'm okay now mini stroke though uh so